0: Good morning, everybody. Uh, I hope and I pray that you were able to celebrate well this Christmas and this Advent season, uh, all things considered, and you were able to do it safely. And so I'm excited to be able to worship with you guys again. Uh, today, today's gospel lesson comes from the book of Genesis, and I'll be reading from chapter one, verses 26 to chapter two, verse three. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath of life in it. I give every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work and created, creating that he had done. This is God's word. Good morning, everybody. I wanna formally welcome you guys to our worship service. My name is Josh. I'm just incredibly thankful uh, to be able to share God's w- word with you today. Uh, I know that this year has been an incredibly long one, filled with many ups and downs. And so uh, as we close out the year and close out our season of Advent, we're gonna enter back into our sermon series on Metro's core values. And we're going today we're gonna look at the core value of creativity and we're gonna see that because God values creativity we as a church value it value it as well and so we're going to look in the beginning of the bible in the first book in the first chapter and we're going to look at the account of the story of creation god's creation and so we have to understand what creating really means Creating is is bringing something into existence. And so creativity is the activity of creating. You know, I know some of us don't really consider ourselves to be creative at all. I I remember when I was a a kid in elementary school, um, for arts and crafts, I had to um, create a a, a mug and, and I got to paint it all colors. And I remember adding the color blue, yellow, brown, black, green, pink, And I remember thinking to myself at that moment that this is actually pretty creative. And in comparison to the rest of my classmates who had very uh, simple designs and simple colors, you know, I thought I had created something good. And so I brought it home to my mom and I gave it to her and she just kind of looked at it. A little bit of disappointment in her eyes because she realized that her son didn't really have uh, the artistic gifting that she thought I did. But the Bible actually says, Even though you might not consider yourself artistic, that at the deepest core of who we are, we're called to be creative. And so today we're going to look at two main points. We're going to look at why we're called to create and how we're able to do it. Why we're called to create and how we're able to do it. So our first point, why, why are we called to create or why are we called to be creative? We're, we're called to, to work, cultivate and create for God's glory. Look, look at the power of God that's demonstrated in his creation. He created the stars, the moon, the sun, the sky, the seas, the mountains, the valleys. He created human beings. He created all things in our universe. And so, even when we look outside and we look at nature, we can see God's glory and beauty and power in creation. Everything that we see in nature, everything that we see when we are outside and we look around us, we see God's glory. One of the, the benefits of, of the pandemic is, is really enjoying the outdoors. Uh, I know that our community has taken a lot of great opportunities to connect with one another outside so we can be safe. And uh, one of the benefits of actually doing that is just being able to see God's beauty. We're able to, to smell the fresh air. We're able to, to experience the sunlight and, and, and see God's creation and, and all its magnificence. And so we know that that God is powerful in his creation, but we also know that God is personal and deeply intimate with us. We see that in verse 26, that that God created man in his own image. And so in verse 26, he's speaking with himself, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're saying to themselves, let us make man in our image. God created man to reflect his own image and his own likeness. And this means that human beings are not equal to God, but we are like God and we reflect his character and his goodness. At the core of who we are, we're given godly characteristics and godly traits. This is why every human being has equal dignity, equal value, and equal worth. In Genesis chapter 1, we see that God's pattern of work and rest, God's pattern of creating and resting, we see that God is bringing order to his creation. But why is this important? All of us are looking for meaning and purpose in our lives. If you were to truly ask somebody, and if they were being honest, these are questions that we're always thinking to ourselves. That's why we, we look for our, our purpose and our meaning through our work. But because we're a reflection of God's image, this means that our work is a reflection of his work. And because we're reflected in God's image and we're given dignity, value, and worth, that means our jobs, our careers, our vocations, they have tremendous meaning and value. The most mundane and and menial jobs have some kind of value because it reflects God's pattern of work in creation. And in our jobs, we, we are working, but we're also creating. Do you see what this means? No matter what career you're in, no matter what job you have, no matter what vocation you have, you have tremendous value. You have tremendous worth, and you have tremendous dignity. Think about it. For teachers, teachers are in the classrooms teaching students and providing new ideas and creating new avenues to learn, to gain knowledge. Teachers are always creating in the classroom for the benefit of students and for children. Doctors are creating opportunities for, for people who are sick to be healthy. Doctors are always creating in their work, but they're creating it for others. Whatever work you do or or uh, whatever type of work you do, you are reflecting God's pattern in his work in creation. No matter what your job is, no matter what, what role you have in your company, you're called to create because you were created in God's image. And God himself, as the true creator, created you to create. And so we see that as image bearers of God, we are given dignity, value, and worth, and called to not only reflect his character and his goodness, but, but also reflect his pattern of work and creating. And because God is powerful and deeply personal, God calls us to cultivate and create for his glory. Later in verse 26, God says to himself, let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And, and once again, later, after he creates man, he actually repeats this command to man. And he says, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground you see what God's saying here? God's calling us to reflect his kingly character, and he's calling us to rule like him and rule over the things that he has created. But he is also calling us to create like him. God is calling us to reflect his goodness in all that we do for his glory. Now, Although God tells us to to cultivate and create, we can't duplicate his work in creation. God created all things, created the universe out of nothing. That means nothing existed when God created, and we're unable to do that. But we're given every provision and resource for us to fulfill this mandate and command that God has given us. But the problem, the problem comes in Genesis chapter 3 where we see the story of the fall of man and sin and the curse of sin enter into our world. What happens in Genesis 3? The serpent comes to Eve and he says, did God really say? But if we look back into what God really said, God had provided everything that we needed in order for us to rule like him, but also to create like him. But with these resources, with his provision, with our abilities, with our talents and our gifts, instead of creating and working for his glory, we end up creating and working for ours. We work and we create for our glory and not God's. But he has given us a calling and a mandate for our good and for his glory. The problem with our work isn't that our work started out as a curse, but it's that we made it a curse. We spend hours and days creating and working, not only for our jobs, but for our relationships, for our families. And we invest and pour into it, and we work and we cultivate, and we're constantly creating, thinking that these things will bring us peace, joy, and rest but what it actually does is take away from our peace, joy, and rest. We're called to create because we're called to reflect God's image in his character and his goodness, but also in his work in creating. But we're called to do it for his glory and not for ours. So how are we able to do it? How are we able to create for God's glory? We're able to to work and to cultivate and to be creative for God's glory because he has given us the power and ability to do so, but he has given us something even greater than that. In the blessing of God's calling and God's provision for us in creation, God blesses us with something so much more. God blesses us with rest. More than the power, more than the ability, more than the resources in his provision, he's provided us rest. God has given us rest from our working, from our cultivating, from our creating. He's given us rest to be content with all that we do. Do you consider yourself restful? With the busyness of your life, with the constant working and creating in your life, Are you able to truly say that you're at rest? We're constantly working and creating, not for God's glory, but for our own. And we're hoping that our work and our creating leads us to peace that can only be found by the rest that is given from God. So what does God say about rest in the story of creation? In the beginning of Genesis chapter two, we see that on the seventh day, God God had finished his work in creating all things and and he rested. There's an order and a a pattern in God's creation where he works and he rests. The first six days of creation, God's working and he's cultivating and he's creating. But on day seven, we see that he stops from all his work and he rests. Why did God rest on the seventh day? In the Bible, when we see the number seven, the number seven represents fullness and completion, perfection. God is not resting because he's tired and he needs to physically recover. He doesn't need that because he's God. But he still gives us rest. In his work and in his creation, he rests himself. We treat rest like a holiday, but God gives us rest as a holy day. The word holy means to set apart. And so because God is holy, because God is set apart from his creation, God has given us a day of rest. True rest is finding content and not in the results of what you have done or created or worked for. True rest is in the results of what God has already done. In the book of Exodus in chapter 31, God had delivered the Israelites, delivered his people out of slavery from Egypt. And on the way to the promised land, the Israelites were were wandering and journeying in the wilderness And God had called and commanded the Israelites to build a tabernacle, a a place where God could dwell with his people. And and he commanded his people to build and construct this tabernacle, but he also commanded them to take rest. He called it the Sabbath. And the penalty of, of not keeping the Sabbath was death. And so... In Exodus 31, God God shows his own pattern of creation of work and rest. And he's saying that I am such a good God that I am providing rest for you as well. And so in John chapter five, we see Jesus in his ministry and Jesus arrives at a pool and he heals a sick man on the Sabbath day. And Jesus was accused of breaking the law by by Jewish leaders, breaking the law of the Sabbath. And at the time, they wanted him to pay the penalty of breaking that law, which was death. But the Jews didn't realize that at the time, that what Jesus would eventually do is pay the penalty of death. But not for his disobedience, but for ours. Jesus didn't come to break the law of the Sabbath. He came to fulfill it. He came to be it giving us true Sabbath rest. God's beauty in creation is only a reflection of his beauty in redemption. In God's redemption, he has done something more powerful and more personal than he did in creation. Jesus, who who was present in the very beginning in the story of creation, the creator of all things, worked for our joy and our rest by giving up his life on the cross. And on the cross, Jesus lost his rest and his joy so that we can find true rest and joy in him. The creator died for the created. We work and we create to find peace, rest, and joy in our lives. But the gospel says Jesus has already done it for us. Sin says that you have to work and create in order to find rest and be validated. The gospel says you work and create because you have rest and you are validated by Christ. The peace, the content, the rest that only God can give us. This peace and the rest that we long for so deeply is only given by grace. That's why in Ephesians chapter 2, the apostle Paul writes, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not by your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Friends, the creator of the universe gave up his life and his rest, so that you can find true life and true rest in him. We're able to be creative and create the way that God has called us to for his glory and not for our own. Not by our will, not by our own strength, not by our own talents, not by our own gifts, but by his will, by his grace, by his power, by his love and by his blessing. God is doing 10,000 things in this very moment. What is he doing in you? This is why we're called to advance God's kingdom for his glory today. That God's kingdom that he created from the very beginning was called to move forward to the ends of the earth. This is why we value creativity. So that we can live on mission together as a community in the city where the people are. Spreading the news of the good news of the gospel, the gift of grace friends my hope and my prayer that this upcoming year for all of us can be a joyful one but let's reorient ourselves to find the true joy that we have from the only one that can give it let's pray